Hey guys, Jamie here. So we're right in the midst of summer, and if you're anything like us, that means you're on the move. Christine is out paddleboarding every day, Heidi is being the yoga goddess that she is, Megan's running miles around New Jersey, and I just spent two weeks moving and building furniture here in my new home in Pennsylvania. So suffice it to say, we're sore. For aches and pains, Team Off The Gram uses Arnicare, which is a natural, over-the-counter, topical pain relief gel made from mountain daisies. The gel not only relieves muscle pain and stiffness, but it also relieves swelling from injuries and discoloration from bruises. So whether you're working out, doing home improvement projects or yard work, or even just sitting too long at a computer, Arnicare gel is essential for self-care. Visit arnicare.com and use the code off the gram at checkout for 20% off through August 31st. One of the first aha moments I personally experienced after eating this way and following the Sakara nutrition protocol was, okay, wow, I can't believe I was so okay with just feeling okay. And now after helping thousands of clients transform their lives, it's like, I can't believe how many of us are walking around just feeling okay. And we don't even realize it. Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life channel your inner girl boss and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey girls, welcome everyone. Yay! Guys, welcome. Okay, so we are so excited to welcome two guests today. These two superwomen are the founders and co-CEOs of Sakara Life, the wellness brand on a mission to nourish and transform lives through the power of plants as medicine. Sakara's proprietary nutrition program is based on nine science-backed pillars of nutrition and inspired by the founders' own personal journeys from stressed out, deprived, and imbalanced to vibrant, nourished, and thriving. Sakara has helped thousands of people across the country, including celebrities such as Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Alba. Oh, and me, this is Heidi. (laughs) Reap the life-changing benefits of food as medicine for improved microbiome health and beauty from the inside out. These powerhouse women added best-selling authors to their resume with the launch of the first Sakara cookbook in 2019, Eat, Clean, Play, Dirty, and have been honored in Oprah's Super Soul 100, Forbes' 30 Under 30, Mind Body Green's 100 Women in Wellness. Please welcome to born and raised Sedona woman, staying true to their Arizona roots while living and working in New York City and fueling so many humans with what I can only call goddess fuel, my <laughs> friends, Winnie Tingle and Danielle Dubois. Ladies, Yay. thank you so Yay. much for taking the time to be with us today. Of course. So happy to be here. So, so excited fun. to have you here. This Yay. is so great. There's so many of us. I feel like during these times, we <laughs> don't get to socialize too much. And this is like, we're all just hanging out together. <laughs> it's totally. like a like little girl's happy hour. It really does feel very fun. So I always like to ask everybody like where they are geographically. So I was just asking you guys before the show started, but can you guys tell us where you are? Yeah, um, I'm here in New York City still. Um, I came out to Sedona to be with my mom for a bit. And uh, my husband and I just took a little road trip, a baby moon over to California. We're staying with a friend in Malibu right now. Yeah, baby moon. Yeah, getting time out of the city. We were in the city 
for most of quarantine thus thus far. Um, so it's really nice to get out into nature and see some blue sky. Totally. I can, I can feel you on that. How's every, how's pregnancy life treating everybody? Good. This is my first, this is Danielle's second. So I don't know how it is, how she does it, having a two-year-old on top of being pregnant. I don't know how any mother does it. I remember first pregnancy, I was like sleeping in and, you know, asking my husband for foot massages. Now I'm not sleeping at all and asking him to like change diapers. (laughs) It's a little different. I feel definitely more tired, but um, it's also really fun because I have a two-year-old and I think she's just starting to understand maybe what's happening. I mean, she also thinks she has a baby in her belly, so (laughs) also slightly confused, but yeah, it's been nice. Danielle, that's adorable. And when, um, so my kids, my twins and my young and my son are two years apart. And, um, when I started, how you do it, (laughs) bless you. It's what you just said. We all just do it. (laughs) I don't know how anyone actually does it. We all just do it. Um, but the fun, the thing that I thought was so adorable in addition to the baby in the belly, this is Heidi speaking in case anybody didn't know, um, (laughs) is that when I started, I was nurse, I nursed him for quite some time, but I also pumped at the beginning. Like I I thought that I needed to like, you know, have a reserve supply or whatever. Um, (laughs) and my twins started, they have this like, um, easel with these like, conical kind of things to like not let them get things out like chalk and stuff so they can put it in but they can't take it out so they would take these like they basically look like flanges on a pump and put them in their shirts and say mommy i'm pumping for my baby (laughs) oh my god so cute mason would watch me pump and he thought it was like the funniest thing and my dad was like horrified he was like you (laughs) i'm like dad get over it he loved to be in there with me because he also liked to just be a part of my postpartumness like he just liked to like help and he thought the pump made the funniest noise he was like do the thing again (laughs) anybody who's pumped knows that that noise will haunt your dreams right indeed (laughs) wait but i need to know it should you be pumping extra milk like feed the baby and pumping to have a reserve like what, what do you guys think I mean, I think like with everything motherhood, this is Heidi again, and I'll open it up to everyone else too. But I think it's really important to remember that every pregnancy, every child, every motherhood journey is so unique to you. And all that matters is what works best for you because a healthy baby needs a healthy mom. They can't exist. You know, a healthy baby can't exist without the healthy mom. So I think that if pumping stresses you out, then you shouldn't be pumping. (laughs) But if it's going to make you feel better, because you're like, oh, well, I could actually go to that dinner because he or she will have, you know, my milk to drink if, you you know, and I have no problem with people that feed their kids formula from birth. But, you know, if that's your, if you are going to go the nursing route, then it's, it's about what makes you feel the best. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. Anyone else? I'd agree the with more that. kids you have, the less you care. <laughs> like, <and> by my <laughs> third kid, my kids were 15 months apart. By my third kid, it was survival mode. Like anything went, you know, it was like, however I got through the day and everybody got fed. Yeah. This is Christine and I don't have children, but I have a lot of friends and a sister who has children. And I have noticed that 
even if they just know they've pumped and it's there just in case. I mean, I know there's also like that whole thing where you don't want to throw it out either, but just as that backup, I've seen a lot of people just have that as like a security blanket. Um, and it changes their whole mood <laughs> just to have that there, like the just in case milk, but it all depends on like what you have time to do, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I just think nobody should be shamed for doing whatever works for them. And I think that you'll figure it out once you have the baby, because I thought that, you know, you'll read all the books and you'll have all the philosophies and you'll listen to all the experts, but your journey is your journey. And I thought I was going to do, you know, A, and I ended up doing B on so many different elements of being a mom. Breastfeeding was one of them. I made it like two or three months, both times. And then I just went to pumping because it just was what felt more comfortable for me. And I am not... I never beat myself up for that. I did the best I could. I was like working full time and my kids are fine. Everyone's great. Everyone's fine. You and know? Jamie, we just spoke with your mom, with uh, John London, and she. we were saying how it's such a different world now from when she raised you guys um, to parenting now because there is so much out there. So she was also saying, don't get to the new moms out there. It is a lot of overwhelming information and sometimes that makes you a little crazy too. So it's almost like go with your gut, go with what works, go with what your, is good for your family. Um, and she had some great tips on that too. Totally. Yeah. I think this is like the ultimate time to learn to listen to your intuition and cultivate that. And I don't think you have to have any of the answers. Mm-hmm. You'll find it as you go. That's yeah, really great. Yeah. This actually segues really great into our weekly catch up topic because so girls, every week we kind of just have one thing that's maybe been on somebody's mind and we kind of just start off by, by chewing on that a little. And one of the things I was talking about with all of my co-hosts recently, and we're like, Oh, this has to be our, our weekly catch up topic with, um, the girls because we, they're going to probably maybe be able to really chime in and have something to say. And we want to hear their opinion. So we are, you know, as kind of like influencers as a profession or even just working in, um, you know, we all have worked in different elements of like media and, and Megan obviously runs a magazine. So we're all presented with so many different products, supplements, vitamins, different things and told that we need all of these extras. Sometimes we try them out. Sometimes we pass them by, but we also all believe on some deep rooted level that food is medicine, right? And that we, it, with a well-balanced diet, we can probably get what we need from food, but on the same token, like, you know, what are we missing or what else could we be bolstering with? So the topic has just come up for us a lot recently. Like, do you depend more on food for nutrients or do you look to supplements? And if so, like, what are some outside things that you've been finding helpful these days? Especially with the launch of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Those are yeah. supplements, supplement packs that just launched the foundation. Yep. But Danielle, do you want to talk sure. a little bit about this? So first and foremost, Whitney and I, and here at Sakara, we believe you should get as many nutrients as you can from your plate, but that's really the first place where you nourish every single day. But there are some, not caveats, but things to think about. One of them being, we all live very busy lives. And even though I'm even lucky enough to have Sakara delivered during the week, I'm on my own on weekends. And sometimes I don't get to eat everything. Sometimes I give my Sakara to my child or my husband. And so we like to think of supplements as nutritional insurance. So, you know, the name of our cookbook is Eat Clean, Play Dirty. We don't expect you to eat perfectly 100% of the time. Nobody's perfect. So to really use supplements as a therapeutic kind of insurance tool to make sure you are getting what you need every single day. 
Secondly, unfortunately, the health of our planet is is not going so well, which means the health of our soil is not great, which means the health of our food is actually not what it once was. Um, you know, there were studies done out of the University of Texas that showed they looked at agricultural data um, from 1950 to 2000, and they found that food that was grown in 2000 versus 1950 had substantially lower vitamins and minerals and overall nutrient content. For example, like you'd have to eat nine oranges to get the same amount of vitamin A that our grandparents would have gotten from eating one. Oh my so gosh. Isn't that it crazy? Is, it is true that our food is not what it once was. Um, and you do have to really watch what you are eating to make sure you're getting everything that you need. And then the third part is people tend to eat the same thing. And one of our nutrition pillars here at Sakara <laughs> is nutrient diversity. And, and the way you get nutrient diversity is by eating lots of different foods. And that's not just only good because you're getting different nutrient profiles. It's also really good for your gut bacteria. So unfortunately, most people, though, if you're not on Saqqara, and I'd be one of those people, <laughs> I didn't have Saqqara every week, you know, you find a thing that you like and you know is pretty healthy um, and you keep eating it. And, you know, we always talk about a, a healthy meal is not just a healthy meal. Everything has to be in context of what are you doing most of the time? What are you eating throughout the week? And it's not to put pressure on you. It's really to say you are what you do the majority of the time. So you want to make sure you're getting that variety. Mm -hmm. All to say, we decided that most of us who aren't perfect need nutritional therapy and insurance. So we launched the foundation and, and Sakarified supplements because we couldn't find supplements we really trusted out there. Yeah, you that's those amazing chocolate. So you get to eat them. <laughs> so you're still <laughs> technically great eating, too. right? Yeah. yeah. But the thing about supplements, I think that people, especially people who are new to supplements, they come in thinking that, you know, vitamin D is vitamin D all across the board. You can walk into your local drugstore and just pick a brand off the shelf and maybe you pick based on what's on sale. And they don't turn it over and look at the ingredients list. Maybe they don't understand the ingredients list because it is a little hazy on what some of these ingredients are or how these nutrients are even extracted to go into a supplement. So what we found when we started digging into the whole world of supplements was that it was very similar to when we started digging into the world of food, that once we started looking at the ingredients label and how these ingredients were treated we realized you have to be really careful that it is a mess out there. It is a scary mess and there are scary things inside of your supplements, you know, artificial colorings and um, titanium dioxide, which is, you know, what's in sunscreen and hydrogenated oils and glyphosate, you know, the same way that you would eat organic. You want to make sure that you're not getting those harmful pesticides via your supplement that you're taking every day. So we really started to dive into the research behind the ingredients the same way that we did with our nutrition program and learned what are the safest ingredients? What are the healthiest ingredients? What is, what are the most bioavailable? So which forms of nutrients will your body actually absorb and use and not just kind of like flush through you or get stuck in your fat tissues and cause things like cellulite, which is a real thing. 
um, or affect your liver. Yeah. Taking the wrong supplements can cause cellulite. Really? Yes. That's crazy. I have a question. You mentioned mixing it up and making sure you have variety. Is, um, are the supplements like, is it a different thing each day? Do you have like packs for like different days of the week or is it, um, you know, so or just a variety? Those ones, those ones fill your nutritional gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same pack every day. It's six different pills. You get your superfood multivitamin. So they're food based vitamins. Um, so you get your superfood multi, you get your, uh, plant based omega, which is ocean friendly and really great for you and just as effective as a fish oil. You get our macro mineral. Minerals are so important for the body. Um, our water isn't what it used to be. It doesn't contain all the minerals it used to contain. Um, so getting minerals in a supplement is really supportive. We also include a B complex, an adaptogenic B complex. So B vitamins are really sensitive. Your body's going to use them up quickly. Uh, if you're stressed out, if you're drinking coffee, if you're drinking alcohol, all the things that we love to do these days, you know. Well, and I have celiac time. disease. This is Megan. I have celiac disease, yeah. so I don't absorb vitamins properly. So things like B and D, I can't get enough of from my food. So I can't wait to try this pack. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's important which form they come in. So making sure that they're methylated. A lot of people have this gene mutation, the MTHFR. Oh, Heidi, you have that, yeah. huh? Yeah. Found <laughs> that out in pregnancy. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's, are we allowed to cuss on this show? That's oh, the yeah. mother. Yeah. Yeah. They call it the motherfucker gene, right? Yeah. <laughs> MTHFR. Yeah. Um, because it means that you can't absorb B vitamins as well into your body. And so Do you this find form- this out a lot when you're pregnant? Like I didn't have children. So do I have to, should I be taking tests and like getting all these things? Cause I don't feel like I'm missing things, but I would love to know. I'm sure you guys had some tons of, you know, examples where you were or opportunities to have this tested when you were having children. I think a general OB is not going to test for any of this. Yeah. This is, you need a functional medicine doctor, somebody like a parsley health or, you know, any, we just interviewed Robin a couple of weeks ago. Oh, great. Typically they, they don't really test even when you're pregnant for the gene mutation. They just say just take methylated anyway because it's a safer version of the B vitamins in general. So whether or not you have the the gene mutation to take methylated folate and B vitamins. One more question: What you were talking about the supplements, but then I know you guys have your water, your beauty drops with lots <gasps> the of beauty water. Too. This yeah. is Heidi. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. So question, like, can you overdo it? Like, I know it's, you know, they say, watch out what you do, but, um, can you do the water and then have the supplements? And then, you know, I know also your, um, granola has magnesium and you know, the morning granola. So I'm sure they all work together, but then you probably don't want to pile outside things on top of that too. Right. Well, or, your body know. is going to tell you when you've had enough, especially uh, when it comes to magnesium. <laughs> you all have taken too much magnesium. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you get very loose bowels and you're like, oh yeah, okay, maybe I shouldn't take quite so much. But it's, it's not harmful, especially, um, our beauty water is their minerals. So like trace it's minerals, yeah. 72 trace minerals. They contain your major electrolytes and then also your trace minerals. And it also tastes amazing. <laughs> I, I, don't like to drink a glass of water without them now. I think it makes water taste so much better. Well, it's, we designed them because it's kind of, it's how water should be. Water, 
if you think about our ancestors, you know, we used to drink water from a clean stream. Mm -hmm. And if you think about all the sediment that is in that, you know, moving water, otherwise it probably wouldn't be clean. Um, you know, it's going through all these rocks and sediment and it picks up all these minerals um, and oftentimes has life in it, which is another way to get minerals. Um, and now we're drinking water that's been stripped of all of its nutrients. It's been treated um, and usually does not, not only doesn't contain what we need it to, but contains things like chlorine and fluoride, which can actually be harmful. So, you know, we tell people to try and drink filtered water, but then to add these minerals back in, which actually, as Whitney said, act as electrolytes and help with your electrical like body. Um, so how your cells are communicating, how you soak up water, etc. So, you know, we call them beauty water drops. They do so many things for the body, but one of the things that they do is they actually help with your water balance. So they help your cells soak up more hydration. And they make your skin look amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like to talk about, you know, what's the difference between a grape and a raisin? It's just mm. water, right? Right. And the grape is all shriveled and wrinkly and the grump, the grape is all plump and smooth. And so I'm like, do you want to be the grape or the raisin? <laughs> Whatever you're having, that's what yeah, I want. Exactly. <laughs> I want that grape. Well, this is Jamie. I have a, I mean, I, I think this is like so fascinating because what, as Heidi was mentioning, we did just interview, um, Robin Burzen from Parsley and we were, she was saying she has so many people that come to her and say, well, I don't, I don't have any health problems. You know, I feel fine. But then she goes in deeper, right? And she says, well, how about this, 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 this? Can you rate all of these things on how you're functioning and feeling? And that really gave me pause. And I said to my husband that night, like, I love to do this and really think about it a little bit deeper because I was noticing, like, I eat very, I'm making air quotes here for our listeners, healthy, <laughs> right? Um, I, I eat very healthy, but I eat literally the same thing every single day. Okay. I've gotten into a groove where I know I can maintain my weight and my energy level for my working out, but am I getting everything I need? Definitely. I'm not definitely. I'm not, there's not enough variety. And my husband just went to a, a virtual conference, a three-day conference on um, wellness nutrition. It was like super deep dive into it. He's super into plant-based movement and he learned a lot about variety. And I, when we were talking about it, I was like, well, by the time I get to the top of the stairs, I'm usually pretty out of breath and lightheaded. He's like, babe, that's not normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, you're like a young, healthy person. You know, that's not normal. And so it, it made me realize like maybe I'm not as quote unquote healthy as I like to think I am. And I could probably be doing a lot better. And it sounds like this might be, I need your stuff, guys. I need your stuff. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not alone. I, I, I always talk about one of the first kind of aha moments I personally experienced after eating this way and following the Sakara nutrition protocol was, okay, wow, I can't believe I was so okay with just feeling okay. And now after helping thousands of clients transform their lives, it's like, I can't believe how many of us are walking around just feeling okay. And we don't even realize it. And it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like you, if you, if you haven't felt great in so long, you lose the context of, oh, wait, I can feel better. There's an option to feel better. It's like you don't even kind of forget to notice after a time, a certain amount of time. Totally. And when it comes to diversity in your, in your diet, you know, the average American is eating 12 or 13 different plant species 
in a week, you know, or really ever. The, they're just these kind of domesticated fruits and vegetables and they eat the same ones and that's about it. On Saqqara, you're getting upwards of 170 different species of plants in a week or 480 in, in a month. And all of those different plant species have different nutrient profiles. So they're giving you different types of amino acids, different, different types of antioxidants and micro and macronutrients that go in and help your body. I think that we don't know what exactly what our bodies need at a specific given time. And so if you can give them all these different types of plants um, and different types of nutrients, then you err on the side of giving your body what it actually does need. So yes, eat your nutrients and get your insurance. (laughs) That kind of segues into today's topic. So we keep hearing that we should eat clean, but what does that even mean? Should we scrub our cookie boxes and chips with soap and water before we eat them? Because is that clean? And why do we even need to eat clean? I thought a little dirt was good for the immune system. And why is organic food so expensive anyway? Like, sure, we've all seen the models picture eating their Saqqara salads backstage at a fashion show and all the magazines. But do real people actually eat that way? Can a salad be filling? Can it even taste good if it's good for you? While Team Off the Gram is lucky enough to know firsthand that Saqqara makes the most delicious and nutritious food on the planet, we realize the whole world doesn't yet. So we are thrilled to bring you the radiant, gorgeous mama founders, Whitney Tingle and Danielle Dubois, on the show to enlighten us all on how and why they founded their clean eating empire, Saqqara Life. Tell it to us straight, ladies. Why should we be eating clean and how can we learn to play dirty? (laughs) Great question. I'd say first and foremost, eating clean. Why should we? Um, I think somewhere along our history as humans, food became this really beautiful cultural social moment. And that's important. It's how we all connect. Um, It's a reason to gather. But I think what we've forgotten, especially in the last, I'd say, 60 to 70 years, is that it is not just a social moment. It is not just there to taste good. First and foremost, it is how we nourish ourselves. It is the information that we take in that then tells our bodies how to act, how to react, how to replenish, how to rejuvenate. And if it's not getting the input, if your body is not getting the input it needs, it's going to let you know, maybe not right away. But eventually you will find out the hard way because of headaches or maybe an autoimmune or I have a friend who's going through hair loss. The How it shows up for you is really personal. Um, but the whole idea of why we need to eat clean, why we need to eat well is so that it's not so that we can eat clean. It's actually so that we can feel really good in our bodies. And we were just talking about this. Most of us don't know what that means. Most of us think that we feel okay until we start eating this way. And it's like this light just goes on and we start to understand that we all deserve to feel like our best selves, not just our okay selves. Yeah. And I think it took us hitting rock bottom to really come around to to realizing, oh yeah, we need to start eating clean. You know, our personal stories, Danielle and I grew up together, both moved to New York City Danielle was studying pre-med and interning at a, at a hospital and seeing patients with late stage lifestyle diseases, people who 
um, had type 2 diabetes and heart disease and were affected by their lifestyle, that what they'd been eating, how they'd been living, their exercise, their stress levels, their decisions impacted their health. And that was an extreme, you know, those were extreme cases um, of people who had gotten to that point. But, and what we didn't realize was at the time we were also living in our own lifestyle diseases. I had terrible cystic acne. Danielle was on ro- a roller coaster of dieting. And, um, you know, I went around to see every dermatologist in New York City, all the fancy ones you read about in the magazines. And they all just wanted to give me more antibiotics, more Accutane, mm. more lights and lasers. And nobody was getting down to what the root cause was that was creating the acne in the first place. And it came down to food and lifestyle. And it took us going through that journey and trying the different, um, all, you know, everything you can think of. We tried it. And it wasn't until we started to actually nourish our bodies, heal our gut, work from the inside out that we were both able to heal ourselves that I realized I didn't have a skin problem. I had a gut problem. I had to fix my microbiome. And I'm sure your listeners are probably familiar with microbiome. When we started talking about microbiome, you know, seven, 10 years ago, people were like, micro what? (laughs) And now it's great. People know about it. And that really that is, you know, that is the reason to eat clean also is to, to take care of your microbiome, that eating things with covered in glyphosate and um, harmful pesticides and herbicides, you know, those things are designed to kill, but not designed to kill specifically, just, you know, designed to kill bugs. And you have those healthy bugs living inside your gut that are um, helping you to feel good. It's your immune system. It helps you thrive. And so you want to be nourishing them, not killing them off. So if you could define clean eating for us, does that mean completely plant-based, all organic, like just the basic broad strokes definition of what it means to eat clean. Yeah, I I would say trying to avoid things that are not um, avoiding the things that are man-made synthetic chemical pesticides and herbicides, uh, the processed foods, things along those lines. And that's why we say, you know, you try to eat clean, but you also play dirty. We're definitely not perfect all the time. We eat plant-based majority of the time but not a hundred percent of the time. And, you know, when you're at your kid's birthday or at a friend's, you know, friend's birthday, and you want to have some cake and a scoop of ice cream and not feel any guilt or shame around it, go for it and enjoy it wholeheartedly and laugh and have fun and, you know, feel good. Hi, I'm Jamie from Off the Gram. Launching a podcast is a lot of work. Luckily, Gotham Podcast Studio has everything you need to get started. Whether you just need an hour of recording time or a jumpstart with full-service production, Gotham Podcast Studio offers high-quality audio and video recording, reduced membership rates, podcast hosting services, and much more. All from their studio located in the heart of Manhattan. Visit GothamPodcastStudio.com for more information. Now, back to the show. 
What do you guys think about the, um, because a lot of the food now you can get the washed spinach and it makes your life easier if you're on the go. Are those, should you be washing that washed packaged bag spinach? Because why is it so good? And why does it stay in the bag for so long and stay so green and stay so perfect for so long? So what is that even, should we just get the fresh spinach and, and forget the bags of all of it? Uh, you should wash everything you buy at the grocery store. That's, you know, not like a bar, anything that's like produce, mm-hmm. you should, you should wash. Yeah. Cause if you think about how it gets from a farm to that shelf and how many hands and facilities it's gone through to get there, it's a lot. Um, so it's harder and harder to keep things, you know, using air quotes clean, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that Sakara we source directly from the farm. Um, really takes down the number of places it has to go. So it goes from the farm to us to you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in the same day, like we'll get the greens, we'll make the meal and then it ships to you all in the same day. Um, so it's not just the, the, the cleanliness and yes, you should wash everything. It's also, you know, back to what is eating clean. I would define it as you want to eat things as close to as mother nature created them as possible. That is inclusive of not just thinking about a food as a whole food, like a whole carrot versus a carrot muffin. Then I love a carrot muffin sometimes too. Um, but it's also, you know, as close to mother nature, as Whitney said, is, is not covered in harmful pesticides and herbicides. So right. it's doing the best to eat whole plants, as many of them as possible throughout the day and, uh, organic from regenerative farms as much as possible as well. And then though, the, but the, even though like sometimes they have organic washed spinach in a bag, do wash you it. wash that too? Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, I do too, but people think I'm crazy. And then I'm like, well, I just, why is it so, you know? No, wash it. The only thing that I don't wash or don't really, really wash is if I, if I personally, obviously at Saqqara we would, but if I personally get like greens directly from a regenerative farm where I know the people, that is when, you know, you actually don't want to overwash. If they don't use any pesticides, it's coming from, you know, some of the best soil on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do want to make sure you're getting some dirt, especially if you live in the city or a city where you're not playing in the dirt or hiking all the time or sitting outside all the time. You know, we have our Sakara Life podcast as well. And we just had Dr. Robin Chutkin, who's one of the foremost experts in the world on microbiome health. And one of her top pieces of advice was, you know, yes, eat this way, but also like eat dirt, get in the dirt. But that's one of the, you know, origin of origins of where we get the microbiota species that live in our gut and actually dictate our health as well. So yes, if you get it at the grocery store, wash it. (laughs) If you go and pick it yourself or meet the farmer, um, maybe you could leave a little bit of dirt on there. We went, this is Heidi. Um, my kids and I went berry picking mm-hmm. this week <laughs> and, um, my kids are very much city kids. So they are terrified of bugs. They literally start screaming <laughs> bloody murder every single ant bug. It's been a crazy four and a half months, not in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like all the berries had bugs all over them. So oh, yeah. I was like trying to like blow it off before I gave it to them. <laughs> My mom has a huge organic garden. You know, we grew up with a swimming pool in the backyard in Arizona. And then after we grew up and the kids moved out, my mom um, filled the swimming pool with dirt and she turned it into a gigantic organic garden. 
And she takes it to the extreme. She'll like fly in volcanic rock dust from Italy to really just mineralize the soil. She has a lockdown on this organic alpaca farm where they save all of the manure for her over the winter. And then she puts that on her um, garden and it is, you know, it's exploding with fruit and vegetables. Um, but it is a lot of work to clean everything because every, you know, little peach or nectarine has bird bites and a little worm inside. And, you know, your broccoli has little worms and crawling in between. And it's just, it's so much. And my husband was like, you know, can't we just buy these peaches from the grocery store? They're perfect. And it's just so much less work. Like, no, this is, this is part of the fun. (laughs) Interact with nature and realize where your food comes from and and get back in tune. That's awesome. I think that's so much of it is just realizing where your food comes from. You know, like I've, I've had my eyes opened many times. Um, I was a publicist for a, a long time uh, before doing NYC Fit Fam full time. And so I had the opportunity because we represented a lot of food brands to go to uh, factories, um, assembly centers, you know, for, for other um, companies that did home meal deliveries. And I got to see like the supply chain and really understand what goes into, because it's very hard, I think, for regular people to fathom where that strawberry comes from that you just put in your mouth and how many people touched it. And it's a fascinating process when you really think about where our food came from. And so few people even know what a regenerative farm is or, you know, participate in food, um, uh, you know, in, in these types of kind of little uh, food commune communities, you know, where they're picking out food directly from farmers. So when you let me ask you a question about Sakara specifically, just because I just want to make sure that our listeners at home understand. Because I think that we live in the New York bubble where everybody that we know eats Saqqara, like everybody gets Saqqara delivery, but maybe not everyone in the country. So can you just tell us kind of top line, where do you guys deliver? Um, where do you guys kind of like source from? Like how, like what is that? You were saying sometimes it's in one day where the food is made and sent out. Like what does that look like if you are a consumer at home ordering Saqqara and where can people find it? So we are a wellness company. We offer many things. I think what you're speaking to, we're best known for our nutrition program. So that is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all designed around our nine pillars of nutrition. Um, it's, you know, if you're looking for transformation, if you're looking to feel better, to look better, that's always where we tell people to start. It's kind of like the Holy grail. If, if you want that, you know, Sakara glow people talk about, um, and we deliver all across the country. So as long as you're not in Alaska or Hawaii, we don't deliver there yet, uh, we can deliver to you. And when I say that, you know, people get greens the same day, that means across the country as well. So, uh, when we ship out, when we deliver food, we're delivering it to the same, uh, we're delivering it from our kitchen at the same time, no matter where you live across the country. So if you're in the middle of Kansas and Whitney always talks about this because she has family in the South where it's really hard to find high quality organic food, you're getting the same exact food that people in New York City are eating, you know, that's the farm is an hour or two away. So no matter where you live, you get the same high quality, fresh food that you get here in New York and LA. Yeah. And I I think people have been told, oh, eat 
eat local, source locally. And what does that mean if, you know, I live in Kansas and I'm eating food from New York, but you know, why you want to eat local is one to support local farmers. But if there aren't local farmers around you, because, you know, I have family down in Arkansas and all across the South and they are farmers, but they're not, you know, creating food for farmers markets. They're creating mega mass food that is going into grocery stores all across the country. And they have a hard time finding a high quality produce for themselves. You know, they're, these farmers are, are growing food, helping feed the rest of the country, but are having a hard time feeding themselves. But you want to eat, so you want to eat produce that is local to where it's coming from. So if you're ordering Saqqara, you want us to be sourcing from farms local around us because that shortens the time from when it is picked to when you're eating it. So like Danielle said, we work with farms that are, you know, an hour away from our kitchen. They'll cut the produce in the morning and give it to us. And we're chopping it up and putting it into your meals in the afternoon. And it's getting shipped to you overnight, super fast from farm to your fork. Um, a lot of other produce, you know, maybe it's grown in California or in Arkansas, like I was talking about. And then it goes to your grocery store and it's probably driven by truck because that's much cheaper than by airplane. So maybe it takes a few days to get to your grocery store and then it sits in the back for a few days before it goes onto the shelf for a few days. And then you buy it and it sits on your refrigerator shelf for a few days before you eat it. So that's a, a much longer window of time between when it's picked and when you're eating it. And all throughout that time, it's losing its life energy and it has to, you know, survive off of its own nutrients that it has stored up inside of it in order to stay alive. So it's not quite as nutrient dense as it would be if you were eating it right off the vine. That and we sense. already talked about that all the fruits aren't as nutrient dense as previous generations. <laughs> so right. it's more important than ever now. <laughs> it is. It's really important to eat fresh, to, to, get the produce as local as you can like this um, so that you get all those nutrients. That's awesome. Danielle, I would like to, cause Whitney, you spoke about your rock bottom and you like briefly touched on Danielle's um, Danielle. I have read many times and I've heard you speak many times and I've spoken mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> um, and I, you know, basically what is out there is that you've been on, you were not, you are not currently obviously, but from the age of nine years old on, you were dieting, which I think that yeah. people really need to hear that because if you picture a nine-year-old, like my yeah. oldest niece just turned 10. And if I thought of her dieting, it, it, I, I can't even let my brain wrap around it. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, my earliest memory was nine. Uh, I was in Costco with my mom and we, went through the supplement aisle and I saw these supplements that said, you know, lose 10 pounds in 10 days and had a photo of a thin woman with the tape measure around her waist, you know, very stereotypical. And I tried to put it in the cart and hide it from my mom, but you know, the Costco only sells the huge version of things. So I could not hide it. And my mom found it and she was really shocked and upset that I felt at nine years old, I had already changed the way I looked Um, and it wasn't really informed by my household. My mom was always really comfortable in her body. 
we ate pretty well, even though she was a pastry chef. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I was informed by like the culture. I was informed by the magazine covers. I was informed by my peers. I was informed by so many things that were outside my household, which now as a mother, it's terrifying because I just think about, I can, I can do everything in my power, but there's so much that my daughter is going to learn from what's outside of, you know, our family walls. And, and I have a 10 year old, so I can tell you a 10 year old daughter and the by dysmorphia, the, the self hatred yeah. starts pretty young. Yeah. And it's typically from other moms who don't like themselves who teach that to their daughters and then bring it to school. So unfortunately you can't really keep them in a bubble, but it does start. I mean, it's, I'm seeing it in fourth grade, fifth yeah. grade already. Yeah. And, you know, I had to go on my journey and I think, you know, especially as parents, we want to protect our children, but. Whitney and I always speak to this idea of like, thank God I went through that because now I get to be on this incredible mission where I help other people through that. Um, so you just when, got full body chills. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's, you know, Whitney and I talk about how everything that we went through led us to starting Sakara from me studying medicine and, um, hitting my rock bottom of just trying every diet under the sun and learning how to count calories and carbs and points and pounds and never learning how to eat well, never learning how to build a body that I felt really good in, that I felt really empowered in. And by the way, never even learning that that was really an option, that I could have the body I wanted and also feel great and also eat really well. It was like you diet and you get the body one or you just don't. Um, and, you know, all the things that Whitney went through around her skin, you know, really led us. Stress, to, right? Yeah, really led us to, okay, we have to, we have to change things. So, my rock bottom was, was born out. I did the, I was, as Whitney said, I was working in the hospital. I was seeing patients who desperately, you know, needed nutritional therapy. And the definition of lifestyle disease is that you, it's your lifestyle that helped at least get you where you are. And I think that is a really hard thing to swallow for most of us. Like, you know, when I have things that go awry, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. Maybe I ate, I'm on an almond croissant kick in this pregnancy. I don't want to <laughs> take responsibility and say, okay, maybe I should have eaten the less, you know, almond croissants. I want to blame it on other things. And it's not to say that there aren't other inputs to illness because there absolutely are, but we get to be in the driver's seat of our health in so many ways with what we decide to eat. And so, you know, I was witnessing these patients go through these horrible things, like from, you know, everything from dialysis to, pharmaceutical and surgical intervention. And they were far past the point where changing your diet could really turn around these lifestyle diseases. But I thought, well, where is that point? And how do you get to people before they lose all their options? And then I was, you know, in my own life, I was not eating well myself and wondering, like, is that the road that I'm going to go down? And I had done a 21 day retreat, which was very intense. (laughs) It was in Southern Arizona and it was a seven day water fast and then two weeks of all raw food. And I got really sick and I ended up in the hospital. And that was my, that was my aha moment of holy shit. I am willing to go really far, too far. I'm willing to even potentially hurt myself to get this body that I think I have to have or that I don't think I don't have for whatever reason. And that was the moment that I decided to switch and study nutrition and really learn how to heal myself through the power of, of food as, as medicine. And, you know, the, the click for me after eating this way was I spent my whole life worrying about what not to eat and worrying about, 
you know, I shouldn't eat too much. And the difference is that when you learn how to eat well, when you really learn how to nourish, it's the opposite. It's, am I eating enough of the right things? And that shift for me was really what helps me also get over body dysmorphia and my issues around food because now I saw food as a tool to help me get to the place I wanted to go instead of the enemy, which I thought it was for so long. It's such a powerful, powerful story as both of yours are. Um, and I'm, this is Heidi speaking. I'm always so impressed hearing them. Um, I have like a quasi similar story with yoga that like I knew I didn't need surgery. I knew I could feel myself, even though I was getting told repeatedly by doctors I needed all these surgeries. Um, and I was right, but you know, so my, curiosity is like, I think people just want to know how you have that inner strength and inner knowledge. Like before you created Sakara and had access to, or you, you created the access to all of these amazing food as medicine tools, how, like what inside of you and how amazing that you guys, as far as I understand, you hit rock bottom at relatively the same time. So yeah, you man. built up together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you, like, what was that conversation like that you two had? Well, I think for me, I remember sitting in a dermatologist chair on the Upper East Side as he was handing me, he had seen me for five, maybe 10 minutes max, you know, you pay like $500. And he was handing me a prescription for a mega round of antibiotics, you know, like three months of heavy duty antibiotics. And I said, I'm not going to do this. And he said, okay, fine. And so he pulled out his prescription pad and started writing me a prescription for Accutane, which I had already done and it didn't work for me. And it's a really serious drug. I think dermatologists are quick to, a little too quick to prescribe it um, without talking about the, the side effects, the real side effects. And I said, I'm not going to do that either. And I was crying and I just could feel this voice inside of me just screaming at this point saying, don't do it. It's not the answer. You need to look inside and figure out what is actually going on. And so it was like, you know, that voice had been whispering to me before, had been, you know, giving me little nudges before. And at this point it was just yelling at me. And I guess I could have ignored it, but I didn't. And I think partially I didn't because of what Danielle was going through at the same time and just, you know, having this aha moment of her, um, in her transformation and rock bottom and seeing the extremes that she was going through, um, that it was like, we both need to do something drastic right now and we need to do it together. Just so beautiful. <laughs> and my, my last question from me is, uh, on this line of questioning is, um, so you're both pregnant now and we're so excited for you. And you, we already said, congratulations. Um, and you're both glowing, but you always glow. Um, <laughs> cause of Sakara. Uh, but did pregnancy challenge that at all? Like, especially for Danielle, who's been, you know, you, you said you struggled for so many years with your weight where Whitney, it was your skin as far as I know. Um, did it challenge that? So did it at all, did you have yeah. a moment of like, I shouldn't be eating this or anything like that? Yes. I mean, my first pregnancy. Now I'm like, ah, fine. <laughs> but my first pregnancy, yeah, I was confronted with, I had just spent a lifetime getting to know and love this body. 
And I finally did. And now it was expanding and changing and morphing. And it was all out of my control. Um, and I was also so sick in my first trimester. And um, I lived on bagels. And I had to really have a come to Jesus with myself. And this word just kept coming to me, the word grace. And I decided that, you know, that would be my theme for myself is to just hold space and grace for the process and to, you know, within grace, I think is this beautiful surrender. It's not a like give up. It's a, um, okay, I'm going to let my body, um, my heart, my mind, my soul go on this journey and I'm not going to try and like hold the wheel. Um, and so I just decided that if, I, you know, wanted that bagel that I would just have it and then let go. And, you know, that was my always the practice outside of pregnancy, but it's different when that's what you want every single day. It's different that when you're like day to day changes so much. Um, and I really just had to, you know, first lesson in parenthood, like, is that ultimate surrender is, Hey, you think you can control stuff, but you really, really can't. Um, and I have to say that practice of grace and surrender really helped me. And it's just being so gentle with yourself. And I gained a lot of weight in my first pregnancy. And, you know, I'm in my second pregnancy now. And it's kind of the same. Like, I'm just not one of those people that just has a bump. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everything in me gets a little bigger. And I become very mama and soft and... Um, if it weren't for that practice in my first pregnancy of grace and surrender, I think I would have had a hard time, but I, I will also say that, um, post pregnancy, I think it's what saved me. I think it's what really gave me the body that I've gotten to know and love for the past, whatever amount of time it, it, it came back. And I think it came back in this way. One, because yes, I, I understand how to nourish and take care of myself now but also because I did have that grace and surrender. Um, and if I had gotten pregnant earlier in my life before I'd done this work and learned how to eat this way, I think it would have been a very different story. And Heidi, I know that you have a little bit of a Sakara story as well that you shared with us one evening when we were having you on our Sakara sessions couch. <laughs> and I'm like, which one? I have so many. <laughs> But I would, you know, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your own story with us and with your audience. Well, I actually met you guys so long ago. Um, it was at like the first Mind Body Green dinner. Do you remember? It was like a million years ago. It was like on 9th Avenue or 10th Avenue or 11th Avenue in Chelsea at that like story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys and I... You guys, I hated everything, like anything catered or like any event I went to, I like refused to eat the food because it was always like garbage and like unhealthy and I always left feeling sick. And, um, Jason Walkup, the founder of Mind Body Green was like, no, I, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I tasted it and I was like, what is this? It's amazing. <laughs> this is like the best food I've ever had. And like more than that though, for me, I'm, my body is so crazy sensitive to what I eat that I get fevers when I eat the wrong thing. My fever actually spikes to like 101 when I eat wow. something that my body doesn't agree with. So I have a very real tangible reaction to foods that I shouldn't be eating. 
And I know immediately. <laughs> um, and so when I left that night, I thought, and obviously I got to speak to you girls and you're so beautiful and amazing. And, you know, you, you speak for yourselves just by your presence. And it's, uh, it was, I felt so good. I felt so good. And so, you know, I started dabbling in Saqqara and then, um, I definitely, when I was trying to get pregnant, it took me many, many, many years, um, two, that's not many, 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 it's two years, but felt like forever. Um, and my biggest problem was that I was malnourished and Saqqara really, really, really helped me get nourished in that pregnancy. Um, even there was a time right before my pregnancy, I broke my wrist and I wasn't allowed to use a knife. So I couldn't cook for myself. And I had Saqqara the whole time that I wasn't allowed to use a knife. It was amazing. And I firmly believe that it's part of the reason, I mean, the surgeons all wanted to fuse my wrist, which would have ended my career as a yoga teacher. Um, and I knew inside that that was the wrong thing. And so I searched and searched and finally begged and pleaded, pulled every favor I had to get a surgeon to operate and just let it heal and let me heal. Um, and that's what I did. And I firmly believe that Sakara was a huge part of that healing because my body was getting all of the nutrients that it needed to be able to heal, which in turn told my body that it was okay to get pregnant. And I did. So that was huge. <laughs> like that was a really, you know, like I say, I have a thousand Sakara stories. So that's one of the big ones. But another one was after James was born, my youngest, who's two, um, I was, it was just a few months after he was born and the way that my body works in pregnancy, I was told I needed to gain 65 pounds for my twins to survive in pregnancy, or I would kill my babies. So you better believe I was <laughs> shoveling food, but you know, the second pregnancy was just one baby. So I didn't, you know, didn't have all that pressure and I wasn't as underweight, you know, all the things that were happening in the first pregnancy. But after the pregnancy, I still was very, I hold on to the pregnancy weight until I am done nursing. Nothing I do changes that. I have now after three children, I have, I just understand that. And the moment I stop nursing my children, I look like a different human. It's crazy, but that's just how my body operates. And I, I think it's because, um, I was so underweight for so long that my body doesn't trust it's going to have what it needs to supply my children with milk. So it holds on. Um, and that is one thing bodies do and other people, you know, drop tens and tens of pounds in weeks nursing. So everybody's different. But after James, when I was still nursing him, I was asked to do this giant athletic campaign, um, where I wound up being on the cover and all throughout their catalog and on billboards and on Fifth Avenue. And, um, and you know, they're always in a bra <laughs> and I was really nervous and I was really not feeling confident and I wasn't feeling good. And I talked to you guys and I ordered Sakara and, um, I've never felt so confident in a photo shoot in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was really the feeling of just nourishing my body and giving it what it needed, which of course, you know, your skin does glow. And I just, I, you know, who knows? Like, I don't, I do not weigh myself. I don't ever. Um, it's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. So I just felt good and I felt empowered and I felt confident and I felt beautiful. And, you know, postpartum, that's not always what women feel, but I went into this shoot and I was doing one more really big shoot at the same, like in the same week. 
Um, and I felt awesome and the photos reflected it. Oh, and, you know, incredible. I'm qu- quite certain that's why they were that billboards, story. you know? <laughs> so Yeah. Now um, I got to Google that up, Heidi. I want to see the cover. I know. Which one? <laughs> I'll send it to yeah, you. Um, Google it up, yeah. as my I kids mean, would say. Yeah, Google it up. I love it. Car kind of like shaped every amazing thing that's happened in your life. It sounds like over the last like five years. Kind of. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good track record, guys. <laughs> it, it really, it, it makes me feel strong, whole and radiant. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, I can't imagine a better way of feeling. Yeah. Just we we need to keep you around all the time. <laughs> I know. You're the best spokesperson ever. Really? Yeah. I'm like, Wait, I'm sold. Yeah. That's a great, that's that's a great place up. for us to, to, to wrap and just give you guys a big, warm Zoom hug and, mm. and big thank you for being here with us. But we always finish with a quick lightning round. We have two quick things. First up, lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. I'm I'm serious questions, girls. <laughs> yeah, they're really tricky. So what are you thinking, Kat? Okay. Morning or evening workout? Evening. I used to be evening, but with kids now, morning. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite workout? I love yoga. Uh, I think I'm Pilates. Okay. Okay. We'll accept that. Good answer. Thank you. Thank you. And then, uh, finally, coffee, tea, or matcha? Coffee. I, I used to be a coffee coffee drinker until trying to get pregnant and I quit caffeine and alcohol and all the things. And that really helped me. Um, so I switched to tea and all throughout pregnancy been doing tea and then every once in a while, a little matcha. Love it. We got all the bases covered. Yeah, you got it. All right, (laughs) Heidi, take it away. All right. So our last round is called Megan. Karma call. I love the way Megan says it. (laughs) But I will explain it because I'm the yogi and karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our incredible, inspiring guests, you, what is one actionable item that you would give to our listeners that's a very small thing they could do that would yield a huge change? So it could be drink water every morning. Um, I would say to aim for eight cups of greens every single day. So... However that manifests for you, add a cup here to your smoothie, a cup on top of your sandwich, you know, add extra into your salad. But if you can aim for eight cups of organic leafy greens a day, it will change your skin, your body, your energy, your gut, how you digest food, everything. Yeah. Amazing. I would have said that too, but then you said drink water and (laughs) I think, um, Drinking water with minerals, like our beauty water drops every day, is also really life-changing. Um, I'm uh, trying to drink a gallon. I'm in my third trimester now, trying to drink a gallon of water a day, which is really hard. You have to consciously be drinking it all day long. Um, and but, you feel so full in pregnancy that I feel like it's harder. Yeah, but it just makes such a big difference. I can feel the difference in my energy in how the baby moves around inside of me, just everything. So, and getting the minerals, um, I know that I'm, my water is working even harder for me inside my body and doing even better things. I have so. to try those drops. I, well, I'm very curious to try them. They are life-changing. Yeah, I don't know why I've never tried them before. But Yeah, we I need to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll send you my address after the podcast. Okay. 
<laughs> well, thank you guys again so much for being here. It, it was really, really kind of like life changing to talk to you. I loved everything you said. Eight cups of leafy greens. Damn, that's a good one. That's, that's, a, lot. that's a lot more than I was having. It's a lot. I have a question. Life Does changing. like that, like the greens drink, do they count or no? Do you put no. them in your protein powder? Are there greens in your protein powder? Yeah. Yes. So you can get greens powder is can be great, but it's not the same as eating your greens. Mm-hmm. So you can do that on top of your eight cups, and that'd be bonus. All right. <laughs> bonus. We love a bonus. Note it. And well, watch your you. greens, too. And watch your watch greens. Watch, watch your them. greens. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining Thanks us. Thank you, you, everybody, for listening in at home. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can hear us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, all the places that you listen to podcasts. And also, don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off the Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yay. Thanks so much. Bye.